Alright, let's try this again. Recording on podcast. Video is recording. Ooh, hit the same button. Throughout this past year, our WWE superstars performed tirelessly for all of you. Week after week, month after month, but we all knew there was something missing. Something very important. The most important. That would be all of you, our fans, the WWE Universe. As we emerge from this dreadful pandemic, on behalf of our entire WWE family, we would simply like to say thank you and welcome you to WrestleMania! wrestling fans uh, almost a holiday weekend um, now I didn't I didn't think this for most of the year but uh, wrestling is better in front of a live audience uh, you know the WWE has done some things and um, all all elite wrestling have you know brought in uh, people, extras, wrestlers, uh, to stand around the ring and act as an audience. They've tried piping in cheers and chants over loudspeakers, but to have a real audience was uh, spectacular. Very, very awesome. Um, so tonight's WrestleMania, this has become... Yeah, you know, it used to be like a three, four-hour show. Uh, then it became five hours. Then they started doing almost seven or eight hours a couple years ago. Last year with uh, the pandemic, for, I guess, well, for a lot of reasons. Let's just say that. Uh, there was no audience, of course. Uh, and they separated it out over two nights. And I... I like it better that way, frankly, instead of trying to sit through eight hours of wrestling. But when the WWE is, you know, the biggest wrestling company in the world, they have the biggest roster, uh, you know, the most wrestlers, the most talent. Uh, it's hard for them to get everybody, you know, into this one big show. And I think the two-night extravaganza needs to be the way of the future. Um, you know, they can have their Hall of Fame on Thursday or Friday night, and they can have the, uh, which I, by the way, I think the WWE Hall of Fame is the best Hall of Fame ceremony in sports or entertainment. Uh, it, it just... You know, it just seems to dwarf all others. And I live near Canton, Ohio, and I've been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is usually considered the uh, kind of premier Hall of Fame sporting event or sporting Hall of Fame. 
Um, you know, but I don't know. There's just something different about the WWE Hall of Fame. Some people diss it because there's no physical Hall of Fame building. Uh, and the qualifications, we don't know what they are. But then again, every year you hear a great debate and argument over uh, the NFL Hall of Fame. Well, what are the qualifications? What? Why hasn't you know this wide receiver who caught so many passes not gone into the Hall of Fame over this wide receiver who is going in the Hall of Fame? Uh, things like that. So no matter what, you know, we don't know what the qualifications are or who votes. You know, I think Vince McMahon and his family basically decide who's going in the Hall of Fame. And that's the, those are the only votes that matter. Um, you know, other clubs, there are other wrestling Hall of Fames. There are, I believe somewhere there is a physical wrestling Hall of, professional wrestling Hall of Fame. But I can't frankly remember where it is. Um, the next closest thing that wrestling fans recognize as a Hall of Fame is, uh, called the Cauliflower, Cauliflower Alley Club. And they induct new members into the Cauliflower Alley Club each year in Las Vegas. And Cauliflower is that some wrestlers, particularly amateur and mixed martial artists, uh, they have that weird, looks like there's something weird inside their ear, like it's all one big chunk <laughs> that's cauliflower ear and that's where cauliflower alley gets its name from um anyhow this is americana the american way uh i'm big john find me on parlor at the real big john and tonight in case you didn't notice i'm gonna talk about wrestlemania <laughs> so uh it started an hour and 45 minutes late uh I kind of dozed off because I thought, first I thought the whole thing started at 7 p.m. on this new Peacock streaming service. Well, then I found out, no, that's like the pre-show and then the wrestling starts at 8. Well, everything got pushed back to 8.45 because there were severe thunderstorms in Tampa. And, of course, WrestleMania is outdoors uh, and they're not, there are not a lot of indoor facilities that can house WrestleMania at this particular point because it's grown so big, <coughs> you know, so big. I mean, I watched back the first WrestleMania that I was so excited about as a kid. And I actually got to watch because uh, back then they had they didn't have uh, pay-per-view or internet. Uh, they had what were called closed circuit locations. And the, the feed, the satellite feed to the closed circuit locations uh, in Pittsburgh which is the nearest major city to me, 
uh, they went down. The satellite feed died. And so the next day, or you know, the next day, they showed WrestleMania on local television. And so I got to watch WrestleMania live one afternoon after school. Uh, the very first WrestleMania. Uh, so they started the night out, and I thought this was unusual to start the, the night with the men's world championship match. But it was a great match. Um, it was two, basically two behemoths, two titans clashing uh, in the ring. Uh, you know, after the 45-minute rain delay, I mean, it was just two big brutes going at it. And, you know, that's what a wrestling match should be. Two people with a, set, a score to settle. And it was Bobby Lashley versus the former world champion, uh, Drew McIntyre. So you can look at the build up to it if you want to. Um, but it was a great match. It was back and forth, seesaw battle. Uh, McIntyre had a really great high spot where he dove over the top rope and did a somersault onto uh, Bobby Lashley and MVP. Uh the one thing I about this high spot, um, he he hit hit MVP Bobby Lashley's manager, okay, and he hit Bobby Lashley with his arms outstretched, and he kind of went in between the two of them. When they're doing that spot, I hate to break kayfabe. But when they're doing that spot, the guys on the outside are supposed to catch the wrestler that's coming at them. And we don't see that enough anymore. And really, I felt like Drew McIntyre, it was a great move, looked good, looked like it would have hurt had he actually hit them. <laughs> but the way... Lashley and uh, MVP stood outside the ring. Drew basically took a, a back bump on the mats outside the ring. Okay? Um, just That's just how it, it ended up. Um, but overall, I mean, it was a good match. It, it went back and forth. You know, I, I'm a fan of both guys. I've met Bobby Lashley in person. Uh, I think he's a really good guy, good person. Um, although he's, you know, playing a heel or a bad guy on television right now. But, you know, you look at this and you want to see it go further down the line. I think this is a feud that could be stretched out for quite a while, um, just honestly. Um, <clears throat> so, kind of scrolling through the the wrestlers here on the WWE website, because there's there are people that were left off WrestleMania, but let me go through the matches. So, Bobby Lashley wins 
with the full Nelson. The last few weeks, Bobby Lashley has been making people pass out from the full Nelson. I've never seen that before in, my, in wrestling, and I've been watching it for a good old long time. Um, but, so, Drew McIntyre supposedly passes out. Bobby Lashley retains the belt. I think this is to set up the reason they had McIntyre pass out, not tap out or surrender or say uncle, is so they can build down the road. Uh, the next segment was uh, a skit with Bailey backstage talking to uh, the New World Order. And Hulk Hogan uh, is in the New World Order, of course. But he and Titus O'Neil are supposed to be the hosts of WrestleMania. And so she's back there talking to Titus and Hulk, trying to become the third host of WrestleMania. It was I mean, kind of cheesy, but, you know, but WrestleMania and wrestling has those things in it. So uh, I noted that the Peacock stream sucks. Um, it, 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 did, it only froze up like one time this night um, on me once I switched from watching on my uh, computer TV to watching on my cell phone. But anyhow, uh, next we had this thing called Women's Tag Team Turmoil. So you had four teams competing. Once your team lost, you had to leave the ring. So they started off with Naomi <coughs> and Lana versus Carmella and Billy Kay. Um, it was a good match for what it was. I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. Um, but... Lana either needs to become, well, she has to become a better wrestler. She whiffed a kick to Billy Kay, and Billy Kay sold it like she was knocked out. But on the second, the, the announcers and the wrestlers weren't quite on the same page because the announcers said, oh, Lana missed with that kick, but Billy Kay, you clearly see her fall as if she's actually been hit with the kick. And then Lana has to do a subsequent kick to Billy Kay while she's on her knees. It's just one of those things. I mean, Lana works a safe style. She doesn't try to go over the top with big moves. Um, <clears throat> so when she does make a mistake like that, no one gets hurt, unlike Nia Jax. But still, it was... A missed kick and it was really really obvious <coughs> uh, so the winners of the first match were Carmella and Billy Kay which was cool I think they could be a, a more cohesive tag team and honestly I wouldn't have minded if they won at all um, then we have the riot squad consisting of Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. Uh, these two are the best. You know, they work the best tag team style. Uh, they use combination moves. They tag in and out a lot. Um, the Riot Squad won the second fall with a good uh, dual duo move where, you know, Liv Morgan 
came up and hit Billy Kay with uh, knees to the chest, and then she held Billy Kay down across her knees while uh, Ruby Riot did a swanton off the top rope and landed on top of Billy Kay on top of uh, Liv Morgan's knees. So, and that would hurt like hell, to be honest with you. So they won the second fall. So now Billy Kay and Carmella are eliminated. Um, then out come uh, the tag team of Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. They don't have a nickname for their tag team. But Mandy, it was raining all day, like I said a minute ago. She slipped on her way down to the ring. She didn't do a, a Titus O'Neil and slide all the way under the ring. But coming down the ramp, you can always have a big stage and long entrance ramp at WrestleMania. And it's a steel ramp. And wrestling shoes are slick on the bottom, okay? So we had one slip, not a big deal. Um, a few times, though, they they did slip on the ropes. And uh, Mandy Rose was going up for a superplex on Liv Morgan off the top. or Well, Liv was on the top rope and Mandy was on the middle rope. Uh, and you could see that Mandy's feet were slipping even then. Uh, so it was a, quite a dangerous ring. And kudos to the wrestlers for working in this and uh, still putting on a great show. But they kept it very safe, uh, you know. So Mandy hit the superplex, but Liv Morgan reversed the pinfall. The Riot Squad gets the win. Next comes out the team of Natalia and Tamina Snuka. Uh, both legacy wrestlers, Natalia you know, the Hart family dynasty. Tamina, the daughter of Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Uh, the Riot Squad, I said here in my notes, they do the best tag team work of any of these teams with moves and tagging in and out, which I already mentioned that, but I'll mention it again. Uh, Natalia and Tamina have developed or started using this move called the Heart Attack, where Tamina holds up one of the opponents uh, with her back to Natalia. Natalia shoots off the ropes, clotheslines the opponent. It's what Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nineheart used to use as their finisher. Uh, and it looked like Natalia was going to go for the sharpshooter submission, but she said no. She threw the, the ball, so to speak, to Tamina. Gave Tamina the tag. Tamina did the superfly splash off the top rope. They got the win, so they get to face um, Nia Jax and <clears throat> Shayna Baszler tomorrow night for the women's tag team titles. It was a little disappointing to me, the fact that the Riot Squad, Riot Squad was jobbed out again. Uh, I just don't understand. They came in with such... Um, such a big build-up a few years ago when they all got caught up from NXT. And, of course, Sarah Rowe, or Sarah Logan, as she was known in wrestling, before that she was Crazy Mary Dobson, which is, I thought that's the gimmick she should have kept through NXT and through WWE, but what the hell do I know? I'm just a wrestling fan, and they're just there to entertain me, but whatever. 
Uh, the Riot Squad has always come to big ovations, big, um, like, ceremonious, you know, entrances, right? Uh, you know, video packages, whatever. But they never win. And Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan are really good wrestlers. So I don't understand why they don't get the push. Um, you know, Dana Brooke, she's gorgeous, nice person, I've heard. Um, she's from Cleveland, Ohio. Well, she lives in Florida now, but from Cleveland, you know. Uh, she had a botch or two, but that it wasn't that bad. Lana had a couple botched moves. Uh, so it's like, <clears throat> why are we pushing these people uh, so hard like Lana, or I hate to say because I like her so much as a person, but uh, Dana Brooke, when you know they just can't work like the other women, and there are better women out there. I don't know, um, but you could tell the ropes and the ring were slippery on the high spots. Next, we had a great match, uh, and it was Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Cesaro. Uh, and I said before this match started, Cesaro needs to go over. He deserves a push. So it was a, a good back and forth match. Uh, Seth Rollins, great, great wrestler. Okay. Um, Cesaro uh, goes and the finish uh, Cesaro moves out of the way of the curb stomp and Seth Rollins foot was actually on the back of Cesaro's neck when Cesaro moved and reversed it he did this thing called the UFO first I thought he was doing the old-fashioned airplane spin but then the announcers pointed out that Cesaro is not holding on to Seth Rollins with his hands and Seth Rollins isn't holding on to Cesaro so that takes a heck of a lot of coordination and power on Cesaro's part and on Seth Rollins' part to stay up there. But it's a new move to me in wrestling called the UFO. A new, a new spin, literally, on the old airplane spin move. Um, then Cesaro hit what his finishing move called the neutralizer. Cesaro wins. It's his first singles match win of WrestleMania. And he was quite overwhelmed and uh, excited visibly, you know, uh, by this. Uh, Seth Rollins still looked strong in defeat. Uh, I, I like Seth Rollins as a wrestler. I don't like his character, his gimmick right now, saying I am the savior, I am the messiah. That just rubs me wrong. But other than that, I mean, the guy can get other people over and not make himself look bad. Uh you know, you used to have big match John Cena, and he had to win every match at WrestleMania. He had to win every big match. It was like, because he couldn't look strong in defeat. Seth Rollins, he can still look strong and put other people over, and that's not easy to do in wrestling. So... But Cesaro gets a win. Hopefully he gets a, a well-deserved, long-overdue push when all this is over. Um, it's difficult because 
you know, there's only one WWE. There's only so many championship belts to go around. And you want to see these guys that are athletic and uh, can just flat out work their ass off. You want to see them win. You want to see your favorite guy be the champion. But there can only be so many champions, you know. So that's kind of where Cesaro gets uh, screwed sometimes. You know, he's great. The fans love him. But the the powers that be don't think he can draw money and put asses in seats. I frankly think he could. But there are a lot of other guys on that list, too, that can put asses in seats and draw money. And wrestling's a business. Next, it was the New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos. Uh, Big E came out and gave his boys the New Day a big introduction. And people keep saying, oh, the New Day needs to break up completely. They got to break up. No, they don't. You have a, a, a slight breakup because you have Big E, Intercontinental Champion on SmackDown, and you have Xavier Woods and uh, Kofi Kingston as tag team champions on Raw. But the Four Horsemen never broke up. Okay, the Road Warriors never broke up. You can stay popular in wrestling and be good wrestlers for 20 years if you can keep reinventing yourselves uh, and keep your gimmick fresh. Uh, you know, it's just that simple. So, for the majority of the match... The New Day beat up on AJ Styles. You know, he got his AJ moves in, you know, the flying forearm off the top rope and all that stuff. Uh, then finally, he got the hot tag to Almost, and it, it was the biggest heel pop I've seen. You know, AJ and Almost were supposed to be the bad guys in this. And Almost came in there like a wrecking crew, he was using power, strength. Very basic maneuvers, but just dominated Kofi and Xavier. Uh, then, you know, he did... Um, AJ came off the top rope for some move. Uh, I kind of blinked and missed it. But almost got the pin by putting one foot on... I think it was Xavier Woods' chest. Um, so, almost... This is... Uh, all of this with AJ... Styles having almost as his bodyguard and whatever. It's all to build almost up. Vince McMahon likes big guys. Uh, and wrestling fans like big guys. And almost is seven foot three. At least that's what they say he is. I mean, he's tall as shit. And he's, he's built. He's jacked. He's not steroided out. But he's a big dude. He's not fat. He's athletic big. I mean, you, I'm sitting there looking at this guy going, why is he not a center in the NBA? You know? Um, so, anyways, but almost went over, you know, they, they're doing what they need to do with him to build him up as a character, as a dominator. And really, they need to do that because, you know, they're big guys like Big Show, <laughs> Paul White, uh, is essentially retired. He's a commentator in all elite wrestling now. Uh, 
Undertaker is retired. Kane is retired. So you don't have a lot of giants right now in wrestling. <coughs> and the Undertaker is down at NXT Developmental working with these big guys to teach them how to work like a big guy. Um, next we had Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon inside the steel cage. Um, all, this is all because Shane McMahon calls Braun Strowman stupid. Uh, and it's all so that Shane McMahon could have a WrestleMania match and jump off something high. Uh, Strowman looks absolutely ripped. Uh, he's got abs. He's got muscle definition. So he may well be getting more of a push. But this whole gimmick, this whole angle has made him look weak. So maybe they're building him up to be a babyface giant. To someday feud with Amos. Uh, but I, I just, I never heard Andre the Giant, I've cried because people call me stupid, but I'm a wussy. Uh, but you never saw Andre the Giant crying because people called him stupid. In fact, one time Roddy Piper did, he about ripped Roddy's head off. Uh, <laughs> I remember the, the famous Piper's pit where Piper's asking him questions and he, Behind the scenes, Piper and Andre had this ongoing uh, rib on each other. Like, Andre, is this your bottle of water? None of your business. And so the whole interview, Roddy is asking him questions, and Andre's answers are always, none of your business. And finally, Piper takes his chewing gum out of his mouth and puts it on the top of the microphone and goes, Big body, teeny weeny little brain, and Andre just stands up and grabs him by the shirt and rips him out of his chair about three, four feet in the air. <laughs> and, you know, but anyways, that uh, just bothers me. You know that they're built, they're building Braun Strowman up to be a softy. I don't know. I just didn't like the build up to it, but. Uh, then during the match, for some reason, Shane McMahon's climbing up the top of the cage. He's going to climb over the top. Braun Strowman's giving chase. And there's a bag, which I've never seen in a steel cage match. And nowadays, for convenience, they lower the cage from the ceiling. Uh, or from whatever was above the ring tonight. Uh <clears throat> Instead of a ring crew coming out and hastily building the cage. Uh, anyhow, there was a bag hanging there. And I've never seen that hang there before in a steel cage match. But there was a bag conveniently hanging there with a toolbox. And this toolbox thing has now become like the steel chair or the folding table of wrestling. The, the ring crew just keeps leaving their toolboxes under the ring. And... There's all kinds of stuff in there. Tools, of course. But for some reason, sometimes there's a chain in there. Why? Why is there a three, four foot piece of chain inside a toolbox? Whatever. Well, So Shane hits uh, Braun with the toolbox. You know, Shane's getting ready to make his way down the other side of the cage. 
Braun Strowman rips back a piece of the steel cage and pulls Shane back into the ring. Uh, <clears throat> now both guys are on top of the cage and there's they've started building kind of a catwalk on top of the cages so that the wrestlers can perform their high spots off the top of the cage. And it was scary because we've already had wrestlers slip on the ring you've had or slip on entrance ramp we've seen that they're having a little trouble getting their footing on the ropes so braun was really clinging to the uh steel cable that's used to lower the cage down to the ring and i think they probably had like a choke slam spot or something set up but instead he just heaves shane off the top of the cage Shane takes a big bump in the middle of the ring. Braun comes down, picks Shane up, pins him with the running power bomb, or power slam, sorry, running power slam. Uh, one, two, three, Braun Strowman wins. Um, I noted right here that you can tell it's getting slippery and dangerous. I don't know if it was still raining at that point. Uh, like I said, the lightning in the area... Uh, delayed the start of the wrestling show, but the show went on. Uh, it was at this point I noted that wrestling is better with a live crowd. I've enjoyed a lot of the wrestling, have enjoyed all the angles and gimmicks and storylines in the last year, but the wrestlers have put on great matches in front of nobody for a year now. <clears throat> Next match was Bad Bunny, a rapper, ver uh, along with Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. Um, the bunch of creepy Easter bunnies hopped to the ring, and then they were followed by The Miz and Morrison, obviously mocking Bad Bunny. Um... There always has to be a celebrity match at WrestleMania. Um, that's fine with me. The first WrestleMania, you know, it was a star-studded celebrity event. You had, like, Dick Clark. If you don't know who he is, look him up. I'm not going to explain. Uh, you had Liberace, who <laughs> was one of the coolest people ever. One of the most flamboyant people but a heck of a piano player uh no no ifs ands or buts about anything he was just a cool dude uh liberace you had cindy lopper who was you know huge in music at the time so i get you know wrestling always has to have some celebrities involved that's fine but i felt like john morrison and Damian Priest deserved a better spot at WrestleMania than this. Okay, if it's going to be Damian Priest's first WrestleMania, uh, even though he's not young, but if you're going to build him up into something, give him you know a big, bright future in wrestling, fine, that's great. But I think if you would have had Damian Priest versus John Morrison with the Easter Bunny or whatever, Bad Bunny, in um, Priest's corner and The Miz over in Morrison's corner, 
it would have been just as good. But Bad Bunny had to actually be in the match. And I think if, you know, Roddy Piper hated Mr. T getting into the wrestling business and being a wrestler because he had never trained, he never worked a match until that first WrestleMania match. And Piper would roll over in his grave right now over Bad Bunny. And that's where I'm going to leave it. The match wasn't as disappointing as I thought it would be. Uh, but it was basically the pee break and get your snack match of the night. Um, next, we had the what I thought would be the match of the night. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Uh, I thought going into this, Bianca would win. Uh, it was a physical, athletic match. Bianca used a lot of power, uh, power moves, but also a lot of athletic moves too. Uh, she's probably right up there with the most athletic women in wrestling right now. I think uh, Naomi and Bianca are probably the two best overall athletes in women's wrestling at this point. Um, Bianca has a little more power and strength, and Naomi's more of a flyer, but they could have a whale of a match someday. Uh, Sasha Banks, she used her athleticism and speed to work the match. Uh, she used her experience, so to speak. Um, there was a move where Sasha dove out of the ring. Bianca properly caught her and sold the move. Uh, it was that, quote, suicide dive where, you know, the person in the ring dives between the top rope and the middle rope onto their opponent outside. But the best part was Bianca took the blow caught Sasha and sold the move like they should like the wrestler on the outside should do <clears throat> but then the cool thing was she got Bianca got up pressed Sasha over her head which you know Sasha's pretty light but nonetheless she pressed her over her head and walked to the ring steps up the steps and threw Sasha back into the ring. That's quite an impressive move. I mean, you know, some of the guys can't, or at least I haven't seen them do that. Um, you know, Sasha, or they go to the finish. Um, and it was great. I mean, just a great match all the way through. You've got to watch it because I didn't write a lot down during this match because I wanted to see this match. I knew it would steal the show. And they both had their athletic moves. Sasha never gets the credit for being um, as cut and athletic as she is. You know, they make her out to be a, a sneaky, uh, cerebral kind of wrestler. Uh, throughout the match, though, Sasha was using Bianca's long ponytail against Bianca. Well, at the end, Bianca who's been known for, you know, using her ponytail, because, I mean, it comes almost down to her feet. 
uh, used to. Now it's down to like her knees. But she's used it in matches against uh, her opponents. And she cracked Sasha. I mean, she... It looked like she cut Sasha open a little bit. I mean, the the announcers said it was a welt, but I think it was more than a welt. I think there was some some uh, scratching done there. And Sasha sold that like she was shot. I mean, she was in agony. And it was the loudest crack I've heard. And it was not a worked crack. I mean... It, they probably worked it out before the match and Sasha said lay it into me and then go for your finish but man props to Sasha Banks for taking that whip with the ponytail because it, it, I mean it had to have hurt it left a cut on her alright then saw, uh, but Bianca went to her finishing move and <coughs> Sasha slithered out of it a couple times but Bianca hit the KOD kiss of death uh, to win the women's SmackDown championship um, it looked kind of like Sasha might have kicked out at the last split second and Michael Cole sold it like Sasha kicked out and then the announcer and the ref said no I mean really quickly no, no, the winner is Bianca Belair. And so they're setting that up to have a, a return match. And this is another feud that I would like to see go on for a while. You know, let Sasha be a thorn in Bianca's side. Let them trade the belt back and forth a few times if you want to. Um, because these are two women that can really, really work and really put on a show for the fans. So I, you know, I thought all seven matches were great. Uh, all the wrestlers performed well in the show of shows. Uh, and they were taking an even bigger risk because of the dampness and wetness uh, around and on the ring. Uh, one thing that people have noted and really, I don't want to take anything away from the people that wrestled on this card or the people that will wrestle tomorrow. But let me scroll through the WWE roster real quick. And, like, Aleister Black, who a year ago was a fan favorite, even though there weren't many fans in the building. And before the buildings cleared out, he was getting huge pops from the crowd. He's just disappeared from our TVs. So why wasn't Aleister Black there? Um, and this is, it's hard to go through, but, you know, the WWE has a big roster. Uh, Charlotte Flair is another notable one who is left out of this. Uh, she is not pregnant like the WWE uh, <laughs> doctors told her she was. She was told she was pregnant, went home, took several pregnancy tests, the kind you buy at the store. They all came back negative. Uh, there was something in her blood work 
that they do at the WWE when they give the wrestlers their checkups. They uh, looked like a pregnancy blood workup. I don't understand that, so I'm not a doctor. But Charlotte is not pregnant. She even went to the point of going to a doctor and getting an ultrasound to see is there anything growing inside of me. Um, but like I said, you've got Charlotte who's not there. You've got Aleister Black who's not at WrestleMania. Bailey, one of your best women's wrestlers, does not have a match. Um, let's see who else is here. Bo Dallas, for gosh sakes. No, I'm just kidding. I like Bo Dallas, but he's he doesn't doesn't have a match at WrestleMania. He's not even in the works right now. Um, you know, Bronson Reed. Eh, he's not that great. You know, a lot of the NXT people had a great, great show. Cedric Alexander. You know, he wasn't there. Uh, Chad Gable. Eh, you know, but he's a great wrestler. Um, Sheldon Benjamin, not on WrestleMania. You know, <clears throat> a lot of these guys, see here, Damian Priest had a match, but he was more Bad Bunny sidekick of the night. Um, Dolph Ziggler and uh, Bobby Roode defended their belts. WrestleMania is so big and WWE is so big that they really have to make this like a WrestleMania week. And that's what this week was. I mean, it started Tuesday night with the Hall of Fame. Then you had NXT TakeOver Wednesday and Thursday. Then they had w they had WrestleMania SmackDown. Normally, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal starts off WrestleMania like on the pre-show or something. This time, they had the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on SmackDown. And it wasn't exactly star-studded. <coughs> but Jay Uso, who's getting a big push right now, won that. That was pretty nice to see. Um, Elias, I think he's a good wrestler. Uh, doesn't get a spot on WrestleMania. I mean, he came out to help, um, help Shane in the steel cage match, but that's not the same as having a real match on WrestleMania. You know, you could have taken Shane out of there and, you know, given, um, Elias, uh, and Braun Strowman a match. You know, stuff like that is just the, the little things that I thought were missing. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I'm looking through these. A lot of these people have had their matches on SmackDown or on uh, NXT. Jeff Hardy, I mean, a Hall of Famer for sure. No, no match on WrestleMania. Um <clears throat> Jinder Mahal, for the love of... I'm joking. Uh, you know, John Cena wasn't there, but he's more into Hollywood right now. I wanted to see John Cena versus R-Truth. Because R-Truth is doing that thing where, even though he's older than John Cena, he says he grew up watching John Cena on TV as a kid. Uh, I want to see that match at WrestleMania. Let R-Truth have a legit WrestleMania moment. 
because he's one of the best workers, most entertaining people in WWE. Um, so, and the list goes on and on of potential things you could have had at WrestleMania uh, instead of, you know, giving Shane McMahon a match and giving, you know, the bad Easter Bunny a match. Uh, I mean, Bad Bunny seems like a decent enough guy. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, look at this. Leon Ruff. Where was he this week? Uh, Lacey Evans is pregnant. Uh, Malcolm Bivens, Mace. I never even heard of them. Uh, Mercedes Martinez. She's been a, a an indie superstar wrestler forever. She's getting a big push in NXT, but... Why not give somebody like that that's put in 20 years and was uh, the women's revolution on in independent wrestling before WWE decided to create a women's revolution in wrestling? You know? Let Mercedes Martinez have a WrestleMania moment. Uh, you know? <clears throat> Let's see who else is on this roster that could have had a WrestleMania moment. Um... I mean, Nikki Cross has wrestled in WrestleMania. Otis, he wrestled last night, so, I mean, that's close enough. Uh, I thought he should have cashed in money in the bank and as a tag team. And, you know, him and Tucker were just really popular when Otis won that. But then, oh, we're just going to drop the whole Otis, Mandy Rose storyline that fans were eating up and was one of the best storylines you had going. You know, we're going to get rid of that and, you know, Tucker's going to disappear. And now they're trying to make Otis a bad guy. Uh, you know, Ricochet, one of your best flyers, most entertaining wrestlers in the business right now. Uh, not on WrestleMania, you know. Uh, WWE still has Rob Gronkowski on their active roster. I don't think so. Uh, but anyways, uh, who else is down here? Samir Singh, who cares? Samoa Joe, you know, when he's back healthy, you know, why isn't he getting, why did, why did they bring Samoa Joe in? He was great in NXT. Could have stayed NXT champion because that's... It's not a developmental. It's better than the two main roster brands as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let him stay in NXT and be their champion. But they moved him up to the main roster. Then he got injured. But you know he could have been a big player in uh, WrestleMania if he was not injured. Um Shane McMahon, I already said Sheldon Benjamin wasn't there. Uh, <clears throat> these people that were in, what was it called, Revengeance? I don't know. The guys that come out with masks like T-Bar and uh, Slapjack, Mia Yim, who's a great women's wrestler uh get she was getting better all the time and then they put this mask on her and make her part of uh revel what the hell are they called revolution i don't care it's a crappy angle 
and it's like, why are these people still wearing masks when their faction broke up? You know, but whatever. You know, you've got, well, Tyler Breeze is doing well in NXT. Leave him alone. Um, Velveteen Dream, I don't know what's going on with him, but I don't think it's good. Uh, so, there were a few other people that could have been on the WrestleMania card. The ones that really stuck out to me were uh, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, and uh, Aleister Black. You know, um, The Fiend will be there tomorrow night, but they need to do something with the creativity and the skill set of Bray Wyatt. Maybe he's not the best tactician in the ring, but he can work good enough. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He can work and wrestle just good enough. And he's so great on the microphone and so great at coming up with his own storylines. They need to leave him alone and let him do his thing. Kind of a... <clears throat> I don't know, pipe dream thing of mine. He's got a really hot sister, Micah Rotundo. And she's like a motivational speaker. And she's really jacked. And she's a, th a thick, strong woman. She's not fat, thick. I mean, she's strong as shit. Uh, I would like for her to somehow come in and learn to work and be... Um, <clears throat> like a psychiatrist to Bray Wyatt, you know, start her out that way and then, you know, build them up somehow. But again, there's so many good women wrestlers out there right now and some that aren't even in the WWE like Kelly Klein. Uh, she may have damaged her good, her may, she may be considered damaged goods because she was very outspoken in the uh, when the sexual harassment and assault allegations started coming out, and good for her. Uh, she also spoke out against Ring of Honor uh, and their wellness policies in regards to her concussions. So wrestling, they kind of frown upon that. When a wrestler is too outspoken or sticks up for themselves too much. But, you know, it needed to be done. And so Kelly Klein is somebody that should be in All Elite Wrestling or WWE. Uh, another one, Maria Manic, Even though she kind of may have damaged her image with uh, some of the stuff that went on between her and uh, the heart guy. Teddy Hart, you know, uh, there was a lot of personal things with her exposed on YouTube and stuff uh, with her relationship with Teddy Hart, but she's a young girl, and she's a good wrestler, she's, she's done death matches, which I'm not a fan of death matches, <coughs> but she's, she's willing to do whatever it takes to get uh, over in wrestling. She had a tryout with WWE. Uh, they didn't call her back. But I think she's somebody that as she develops as a person, 
could be a, a great force in women's wrestling. Uh, but anyways, overall, great, great WrestleMania. I was happy with all the matches. Um, even the ones I thought would be disasters were good. So with that, thank you all. God bless you. I've talked for almost an hour about wrestling, but screw it. It's nice to talk about something that's not politics for a while. So I'll try to do another recap tomorrow night of night two of WrestleMania. God bless you. Pray for each other. And I'll see you next time.